0: what cues can I take from this experience? I had a negative experience or a positive experience, and how can I relate that back to my business in order to make my business better? And I think that those cues and those experiences are all over the place. And if we really look at an example of an industry and a company that really treats their clients poorly, we can learn a lot from that. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metalworking Nation. This is
1: Hello, Metalworking Nation. Jim here from Making Chips. It's a beautiful day in Chicago, and we are coming to you live from Goose Island, Chicago, at the beautiful DMDII facility right here on Goose Island, which is a small island right to the north and west of downtown Chicago. I'm sitting here at a conference table. Uh, Across from me is my good friend, my longtime co-host and the smartest guy you know. Well, he's pretty pretty darn close, but he is my good friend, and uh, we talk about it a lot. And uh, I I appreciate everything that uh, he tells me. Anyway, Jason Zanger, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Jim, how are you? Good, good. We had we had a good we had a good uh,
0: pre meeting today. We did. A we lot did of exciting stuff. A lot going of on. exciting stuff yeah. is going on. Yeah, a lot well, a lot of exciting stuff. T- for the future of making chips. Yeah, and, and I know. For you I, and I and for the band of manufacturing leaders that are going along with us. So I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I mean, listenership is way up. The downloads are like cranking. Every time I look at our analytics, I'm like, I can't believe what's happening. It's great. And, and,
0: and you know, we had a great conversation the other day, and it, it just goes to the reason why making chips is taking off is just people telling people and and we truly do appreciate the word of mouth. I mean, it's not like Jim and I are out there like marketing. You know, we're, I mean, we're doing some social media and stuff like that. But it, it's doing, all about I'm doing the yeah, social media. Are, yeah, you But I, I try to stay under the radar. But it's all it's all about you know just people getting the word out and saying you know he, here's you know a great place where problems and are discussed and new things are discussed and you know and Jim and I are just here to facilitate that conversation. I mean, you know, and we just want to see the the manufacturing leadership elevated. And I'm glad that people are getting the word out about making chips. So thank yeah. you.
1: It's all about peer-to-peer and uh, sharing the good news and empowering those manufacturing leaders out there. So what kind of manufacturing news do we have for today, Jason?
0: Okay, so I actually received a, um, a manufacturing news article over Instagram cool. uh, from Love TJ. It. So the title of the article is, Made in China Could Soon Be Made in the U.S. So we've always had that like little mantra of you know, made in China, and it's always had that, that cheap... Kind of just lower the brand, value. the lower brand value. It was the brand that made in China came across, and you know I think to a certain extent that is definitely still there. But the thing that this article is talking about is that China isn't the cheapest place to to manufacture as it used to be. W- what this article is talking about is that there's actually people in. China that are looking to the US to make investments in um, manufacturing capacity and it's not all about i mean the United States is still the, the you know the cost of cost of living and the wages that that US workers make are still on the high side but it still is a very competitive place to manufacture in the us and it's just interesting that they're looking you know people investors in china are looking for capacity here in the united states so that that i thought was very very interesting that i got out of this article well we're definitely getting
1: smarter and more efficient right in our automation and technologies absolutely so we are starting to be a true competitive edge Against the Chinese mm-hmm. and what they do, their, yeah, and, and their cost of living is going
0: up. Yeah, they're, they're demanding yep. more money. The workers are. They're, they're they not. want more safety uh, regulations. So you know things like what we have for OSHA is coming into play, which right. l- raises their cost. You and I know, and I'm sure everyone that listens to the show knows that
1: the U.S. is really coming back strong in manufacturing, and China is not really our. Huge competition anymore? No, I, think I it, don't think so. I think that what they're saying is it could be India. Quite frankly, well, I think that's the new, than- I think that's the new country that we need to. To be concerned about,
0: I, I would actually. I know you don't like when I disagree with you, Jim, but I would actually disagree. No, I about do the India, like. I uh, do about, like when you about the India thing. I think that you know some of the lower costs are coming from some of the other Asian countries because India like still Vietnam and yeah places like places like that. Yeah, okay, yeah, because I mean India still there's a lot of tech and IT. There that is comes a lot of, of tech. There. There. So I would say that the people by and large are are, are very very swayed towards going into the um, into the IT industries because of the education that they typically get but a lot of the factors that they talk about are you know the the cost of land the cost of power the cost of raw materials and then to go back to what you said before the productivity and the intelligence of our workforce now there there was it looks like there was two hundred and thirty eight comments on this article, so you don 't have to read everyone. It, it is quite interesting the the number of people that are very um, engaged with a conversation like this you know there's a lot of stability in in the United States you know the United States is still one of the biggest consumer Market, so you know when you manufacture close to your consumer, that yep. that's very helpful. Yep. So you know it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, we could probably have a whole article about the advantages of of U.S. manufacturing and some and to compare and contrast with with some of these other countries. But it is interesting that they um, the title the title kind of gets you in there. And you know, there's some interesting um, comments on here that I'm that I'm reading too. You know, of course, they're all probably very politically. Motivated, you know, motivated uh, comments, but you know it's a. It, I think it's a dialogue that we need to have. So um, I thought this was an interesting article. So thank you, thank you, TJ. Um, yeah, for we're always this to looking
1: me. for our listeners to share with us uh, relevant news articles. That is really funny though, Jason, because I did have I was uh, conversing with uh, a young college student on LinkedIn, and he had just sent me an article that he thought would be relevant to share. And it said cooler start to summer is crushing national natural gas prices. So I didn't read the article. I'll save that for later. I'll call him out. I'll give him cred when we do talk about that one. But, um, yeah, it's good. So what's what's new in your personal life? So I, I there was a birthday at your house over the weekend, huh?
0: Yeah, it was um it was hen- It wasn't yours. No, it wasn't mine. It my, wasn't Amanda's. I, no, it was um my my third child, uh, Henry Vaughn's first birthday, so. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, God, pretty it's pretty cool.
1: Isn't it crazy when you think back? It was a year ago. Remember, remember when I posted a picture on uh, on the on Instagram before your wife did, and she said, "Tell Jim to take that down." I know, I, I know, but was I was excited Facebook, yeah. for you, man. Yeah, I know,
0: I know, you were. I, know I you was,
1: were. I was happy. You know, know, you're you're part of. I'm part of your family, I whether agree. you know it or not. Well,
0: and you were invited to his birthday party. You know,
1: I know, I know. We couldn't go. Well, and, I know, I understand for a lot Life of reasons, happens. and I, I I don't want to get into that. Don't worry about it. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. But uh, sometimes, sometimes well, it felt hel- a little bad. I mean, <laughs> just well, a little. I did. Bit. I felt a little bad. But sometimes it's sometimes it's healthy to say notice some things yeah, i agree yeah totally agree but yeah. um i'm not coming to your next birthday thanks well i i do <laughs> i do have rocking parties by the way so uh, and all
0: the making chip listeners are invited so just email me and i'll get an not <laughs> you dare give them my address <laughs> oh i will yeah i'll anybody, have to have valet park anybody that emails yeah but uh
1: so what's what's new in business uh, how's black how's zanger tell me something good i don't want to hear
0: anything bad uh, things are things are moving on. a lot, a lot of opportunities. I mean, you know, it, it's it's been great. I mean, you know, just we have a new business model that you know that we're promoting to customers. And it's something that not none of our competitors are doing. And it has a lot of potential to make a big impact in our marketplace. So I don't know if I want to get into details of it now, unless somebody wants to talk to me about it privately. But um, it's, it's impactful and it's something new and it's something different. And it's a different way to do the traditional role of an industrial supply company. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about the impact that it's made on the company. So it's been great. It's been a wild ride and it's been great. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to that whole transparency model that I've um, that I've talked about a couple times before, and just you know always working at continuous improvement with our with our customers too. So I
1: think this is a great segue into what our conversation is going to be about today about flying first class or about the experience of flying first class and that customer service you received.
0: So yeah, so let me let let me just tell a little bit of a story. Yeah, tee it up. Tee it up. Um, I'll, I'll tee this up. I had planned a a family vacation and I was flying to California, San Diego area um, with my family. So this is a vacation I was very much looking forward to. It had been a really, really rough six months for me. Um, Just the amount of work and the stress of work and all that kind of stuff had really gotten to me. And for the first time in about five years... I was going to completely disconnect. So the last time that I completely disconnected was um, five years ago when I went to um, Thailand with um, my wife and my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law, and then a, a bunch of my friends. Uh, my mother-in-law happens to be from Thailand. You know, it's a foreign country, so I knew I was going to be disconnecting for them for the most part. Um, when I say disconnecting, I mean you know, no text messages or emails or phone calls or anything like that. So I wanted to do that again because I needed to kind of just unwind my brain and and everything. And does that really happen oh yeah no you? it can if you're if you're intentional you, yeah I, made I cannot it believe that you can do that yeah but that's okay I, 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 I mean I know you well I was still working and I was still reading books your head I, I was know, still going not not working but I was still like reading books and stuff like that and you know because I I always have to be reading I was trying to read a little fiction and nonfiction but anyway so getting ready to leave and um, wake up in the morning and I get a message from the airline that my flight was cancelled oh. I was so mad. Oh god. I was so mad. That that's like the worst ever. It is. It is. It, is. It, it was horrible.
1: Well, you were traveling over Memorial Day weekend too.
0: Um we were leaving, yes, we were leaving I think either the Thursday beforehand or right, something like that. Right. Um so yeah it was can- canceled at the last minute. There was no kind of like weather problems or anything here, so I didn't really understand, but I just got a message over the um, American Airlines app saying, you know your flight was canceled, and that was it. and you know when you're when you're traveling with a, with a as a family making a i mean it's, it's hard enough to travel and let alone try to make a connection so they're like, oh well we can get you on this other flight. this is all through the app um you know, connecting through Phoenix and I was like, well, no i you know, I paid for a direct flight at the time that I wanted to go, and I planned this far enough in advance that I don't want to take a connection through Phoenix that's going to get me into California at midnight or something like that. I mean, it's just ridiculous with, you know, a bunch of little kids. Anyway, so as soon as I found out, I literally. I couldn't get through to anybody. I wasn't getting an answer. So I literally got in the car and drove to O'Hare Airport by myself. And I, I told my wife, our flight was canceled. I'm leaving to go to the airport to try to get this straightened out. So that was the first thing that I did is that I drove to the airport, parked my car, and I waited in line to talk to a ticketing agent because I thought that that would be the quickest way to do it. Because when I called the automated um, answering machine, they said it would be hours before I got a call back. So my point number one, and I'm going get- if to you
1: If you all could see my face, it would be like, WTF!
0: Oh, that I drove to the airport. <laughs> All of it. Oh yeah, I know. So, yeah, so, I didn't
1: know any of this.
0: Yeah, it, it's a, it, well. I told you it was. It was a long. It was going to be a long story. So my My point number one and and this goes back to we just talked about value so one of zenger's um uh, our first value you know all of our values together we call it do be go life but our first value is do the right thing and so that goes back to treating customers or treating clients the way that you want to be treated and I think that that's very important, and I expect my team to do that now when I arrived at the um at the American airlines um, ticket stand, I was treated with the very opposite of that. So they treated well, customers differently than w- the way that they expected to be to be treated. Let, let me- so
1: how is this related to a manufacturing-centric thing? So because I, I want I want our listeners to understand why yeah. we're talking about this airline debacle that you had and why we felt it was relevant to talk about it versus in a manufacturing leaders. Role,
0: yeah. Every one of every one of these points is going to be relatable back to running a, a manufacturing company, and I think what this has to do with the touch points that you have with a customer. So when when I arrived at the ticket counter, I was met with two ladies that were discussing how another woman had left her wallet in her stroller, which was just checked, and um, the one lady goes to the other one and she says, "Are you going down to get that wallet?" And and the other lady turns her go, ha! It's not my wallet. And that was her answer to whether she was going go to go down to the wallet. I heard. It. I, was, the I worst was standing right part there. Was you heard oh, it? Yeah. And then the other one goes, ha, she better hope it doesn't fall out. And then she looks up at me and goes, "What can I help you with?" So to me, it is always so important, like every single touch point going back to, you know, so if you have a customer and let's just say something is completely out of your hands, like that woman who lost your wallet, clearly the gate agents did not leave her wallet in the stroller. She left it in there. Right. But they could have empathized with her and they could have done something to go above in order to help her get that wallet, because that's pretty, pretty important. Um, so I guess my point would be there might be some stuff that's out of your control during the manufacturing process. It could be the materials, it could be the coatings, it could be the tools, it could be just a variety. Oh, there's tons. Somebody calling it sick. I mean, who knows what 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 it could be? It could be the electricity, the weather. But the important thing is not to just throw up your hands and you know point the other finger and point the finger at at something else. It's just really try to empathize with somebody and, and say, you know, if I was in their shoes. How would I want to be treated? How would I want to be treated at that that touch point um as a um, as a customer service person because everybody is a customer service person i mean I'm sure you have customers that have your cell phone and would call you directly if there was some kind of issue and there know, would be you, and you, I want them to yeah, you want them to and and so every single person in your company um has the impact to isolate a customer and to make them not want to come back to you ever again. Mm -hmm. So the way I want to talk about this whole series that we're actually talking about it in a sarcastic manner. So um, I guess my point number two would be to treat the individual with a problem like they're not human. So when you go to the airlines, the way that you're treated is you're treated by a record locator number and a flight number. They don't want to know your name. They don't want to know your backstory or the fact that my family um, is going to have to lose a day of their vacation. No, they don't um, want to know that at they all. They don't. They don't want to know that at all. And I think that it's important with our um w- with our customers is don't ever ask them for well what's your customer number or you know what is what is this number that makes them appear to be less than human. Um, that's one thing that I don't. All of my customers have customer numbers. I'm sure your customers in, in your software system have that as well. Don't ever ask them for that information. Yeah, I wouldn't you know? know what they are. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. know what they are. Because I talked to you, them by you, you know I, d-
1: I talk to them by their first name basis. You want to
0: treat them like they're human beings. Right. You know well, what they I mean? are. And they are. <laughs> but not every company thinks that way. Yeah, they well, really don't. They really don't. And point number three would be to um and I know you might have some pushback on there, is don't apologize for your mistakes.
1: Well, I I know I know where you're going with that or what you're thinking about that, but The airline is a big conglomerate.
0: It's a big conglomerate. It's a big...
1: big And let me tell you, I would never want to be in their shoes. They are under siege lately. I mean, they've been getting bad PR. Well, but they're making a lot of money, though. They are, but remember when they weren't?
0: Oh, yeah. Remember when they almost went out of business? Absolutely.
1: I know. There was a a point... So they got it together, and they worked very hard to rebrand themselves... And figure a way to. So you have to give them cred for bringing their businesses back, right? Much, but, much like we run manufacturing companies, and we went all went through the recession together, and we're still here today to talk about it because we did something
0: to keep us alive and well during the bad times. But my point is, is like when you make a mistake, or when something happens, even though even if it's not your mistake, is apologizing, even if it's not your wrong. Just brings a little bit of empathy to the situation for the customer when you don't meet their lead time or the expected date, right. which I know happens to every single manufacturing company totally out there. Is you know take responsibility for it and, and apologize. I don't I don't see anything wrong with 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 that happening. However, when I'm dealing with somebody
1: and they make a mistake with me, I don't want to have to hear them. I don't want I don't want their sob story. No, make a short and sweet. They, yeah, I don't want to. Don't say I apologize. Fifteen times. No, I don't want to hear it. Say it once. I think that's and a great point. Tell me point. how you're going to mitigate the problem. Boom, get it done. Yes, Jason, I do agree that apologizing is imperative in the relationship and in the day to day doing business. I don't agree that you don't have grovel. to say you have to say the word fifteen times. Totally agree. And cry and tell a story. You know, just say, "Hey, man." I'm sorry I missed that delivery day. I know you were counting on having these parts on your dock that day, but we we didn't make it, and here's what I'm going to do to make it right. That's great. I totally agree with you. And I I deal with that, you know, not every day, but occasionally we miss a delivery date, and I have to say that, and it's painful. It's painful because I've been in that situation before too. Um, I think that being honest and transparent and getting to the point and offering them an immediate solution on how you're
0: going to mitigate the problem. Boom. Totally agree. Okay. The next point would be not to invest in client satisfaction and productivity. (laughs) So what this has to do with is... That is sarcastic. So what this has to do with is, yes... There could have been a weather-related problem that my plane didn't arrive here, and so they couldn't, you know, get the plane from whatever place that it came from. In order That's to probably export. what happened. But, but the fact is, is that a lot of times these airlines are working so lean with the amount of yep. equipment that they have mm-hmm. that they have no room for error. And when you're in a, you're in a hub like Chicago. I mean, give me a break. Like, there should be excess capacity. That's why
1: they literally pull people off of
0: planes. I know. They don't have enough capacity. And it goes to manufacturing. If you were always running at 100% capacity and always late for jobs, guess what? Time to invest in new machines and personnel and personnel yeah Yeah. and it's the same thing with with the airlines it's like they're too much at capacity and that's the reason why they're having all of but they're having record profits they're having record profits and they're making people mad right and and it's it is killing a lot of their brands yeah and and all that is going to do is it's going to open up the opportunity for new airlines and new competition to come in and take and, and take that away because if a new airlines came in like if Virgin Airlines all of a sudden said, you know, we're going to be flying to all these other places from Chicago. I'd say sign me up. Because you know what? I want an airline that's going to actually care about me. So, and it goes the same thing with manufacturing. If you're always at 100% capacity, you're always late for jobs. It's time to invest or you're going to eventually going to lose those customers. Mm-hmm. I agree. Number 5, line the pockets of executives over and above investing in the company. So Bam. this goes this goes back to the same thing. So if if the owner of a manufacturing company is not able to invest in the company or not able to financially run the company in a way that is healthy, but they're driving expensive cars and living in an expensive house. I think they've got it backwards. Mm-hmm. you know I think in, in the airlines you see them you see them doing a lot. I mean they're making record profits and I don't see them making improvements in order to make their customers or their clients, happy in the long run.
1: Well, you know what they are doing? They are really catering to the business traveler that spends a lot of time on their flights, on their jets. Um, We all know that they have uh, an elite status clientele. They have four different levels of elite status. Actually, there's five. I didn't even know about the one on top of the top one. But the people that stick with one particular airline they cater to those people like there's no tomorrow. And they put them in the first class all the time. They they drive them back and forth. They make sure they get on the flight. It's really an elevated class of service. Well, and
0: that's one of the reasons why you've had other entrants in the market, like a Southwest that has been profitable for a long time and, and is continuing to grow over and above some of these other companies because they decided that they were going to go after the market that those other airlines were ignoring the people mm-hmm. that weren't in those elite statuses.
1: I wonder at the end of the day, what's
0: more profitable or more lucrative? I think, I that, I think that the bottom line of Southwest would probably um, give an indication of that because they've been profitable for a long time, hmm. whereas opposed to some of these other li- airlines have only been profitable. Well, it's a different, nowadays. it's a, much like
1: um, we all run our businesses differently. It's a different business model. Who knows? I'm not running an airline. I'm running a manufacturing company, and I know I don't run my manufacturing company like other people do. I mean, I'm sure that there's similarities in the way that I do. So However, one of
0: one of the things that I always like to do um, as, as a business leader is to look at like what other industries and those companies are doing well and try to pick off some ideas from them. Like I don't necessarily want to look at my direct competitors and say what are they doing well and right. ideas. I ideas. Do I, I, I do that sometimes, but I also want to get some ideas like cross industries. And so that's the whole premise for having this conversation about the airlines is to see you know where can we look for improvements in our own. Companies based on the bad experiences that we can sometimes have in our day to day travel. Um, the next, uh, the next point would be which would be point number six: be overly process oriented. So, so, what do you mean? One, with of that, the, Jason? one of the frustrations that I had is that there was no human to human channels to resolve and compensate for my mistakes. It was all process oriented. Now, I know in a, in like a smaller company like you and I have that everything is very human to human. Right. But there are a lot of things where as, as you get bigger as a manufacturing company, you want to implement processes in order to make sure that things are done consistently. Right. But I would say that when a mistake is made, make sure that you, know, you put together a, a way for customers to opt out of that process if they really need to have their hands held through it, especially when they've arrive at that elite status like you were just talking about. When Mm -hmm. your customers are as big a part of your business as what some elite customers are, you know, make sure it's not process-oriented. This is is kind of an interesting
1: question. Do you take care of your customers that spend significantly more money than the ones that don't?
0: I, I, I take care of them differently, yeah. Okay. I have different business models for them. The okay. One, the ones that spend a higher threshold, I have a whole other business model like I talked about previous. So
1: they're on your elite
0: status. Correct.
1: Okay. Correct. Okay, And everybody- Just, just and, clarifying. And, 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 you and know, I think anybody would be crazy
0: not to say that they would do that yeah. because- And everybody has the opportunity. It's not like I'm, I'm picking and choosing. I mean, everybody has the opportunity to be- Served in an elite way, and everybody is going to be treated the way that I would expect to be treated. Right from me down to you but know. But the
1: ones that are spending the most money are getting the best
0: service. Uh, yeah, they're getting a different type of service. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Um, and then the um, and then the last point, point number seven, would be to consider customers as transactional. So, and this is mm-hmm. one of the things that that I would say that. My company, we do this really different well. business models B- here. Different business yeah, models. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it, that one's that one's tough. Well, I don't think that it has to be tough. I think that one because of the things that you're you're looking at is you're looking at you know the way that the airline model runs right now. That they should be looking at uh, at us as lifetime clients because that's the way that I look at them. I my wife and I talk about it all the time what airlines do we want to choose to partner with, but they don't treat us in that same way. But I think as You know, business leaders as manufacturing leaders, we need to make sure that we we don't treat our customers like oh well they're that million dollar part. You need to treat them as they are a lifetime customer that you know could make a lot of money for you.
1: So I have to ask are Are you done with all the points? Mm -hmm. We're we're all dying to know because I don't even know the answer to this. How did that all turn out? Did did they offer you any compensation for disrupting your vacation?
0: um, They offered me zero compensation. Zero. I got on the flight the next day. I was able to, you know, extend my my vacation by a day. However, that ended up costing me a lot of money in order to do that. A lot of money and a lot of aggravation. So, because I had to so they get were able
1: there. to rebook you a day later
0: on... The, the next day's flight. Correct. For no charge. For no charge. However, I had to get another, I had to pay for the day in the hotel that I had already paid for. And I also had to pay for that I wasn't going to be there for because I had to fly out the next day. And then I also had to pay for an, an additional day in the hotel. Plus, there was some, you know, logistic things that i had to deal with like my my daughter was coming home with her on her school trip the the same day and so i'd have you know my parents go and pick her up at the airport and yeah, stuff I get like that, that. so I it was that. it was logistically it was it was terrible to deal with and there was never any compensation you know it's like you know it just it, it wasn't a good situation so needless to say um unless somebody from american airlines listens to this and and thinks that they need to compensate me i'm probably not going to fly in that airline again hmm
1: that and that's that's a status with them I'll let you know though how yeah. it goes and,
0: and that's a that's a token that people should should really remember. why did you
1: choose American Airlines to begin with though because we had mileage with them okay so it was you had a benefit right or it was price it was driven by price because you didn't have to outlay any money so I wonder if they classified you based on that. So we, were, so
0: we were also, we had always been like lifetime United customers, but we were testing American to see if we wanted to switch from United to American. But obviously that's not going to happen.
1: Very interesting. I'm sure I would love to hear feedback from the audience on this and on how all that goes. I know it's not really, uh, we're not really talking about the same businesses, but it certainly is a very customer oriented issue that we all deal with because I'm sure ninety-eight percent of us that we're communicating to nowadays does fly at some times.
0: And it, like I said, it it, you know, you could take a cue from other other industries how what to do and what not to do. I think it's very beneficial to look at those situations, and say, what can I learn from this? I'm always looking whenever I'm going through life, what can I learn from this this experience? So to close out this episode, my main point is when you're going through normal life experiences just look for ways that you could relate that back to your leadership and your in your business and say you know what 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 cues can i take from this experience that i received i had a negative experience or a positive experience and how can i relate that back to my business in order to make my business better and i think that those those cues and those experiences are all over the place and if we really look at an example of an industry and a company that really treats their their clients poorly, we can learn a lot from that.
1: Very well said. I agree with that. Um, you want to tell the metalworking nation how they can get a hold of us if they want to comment on this particular uh, podcast that we talked about today? It's a little different. This was a little. I know we were vetting this one out, and we said-
0: yeah. So if you if you want to if you want to make a comment, um, you can email Jason at Making Chips or Jim at Making Chips and let us know what you think. And if you ever have any ideas for a future episode idea, please let us know. We would love to get that feedback.
1: Right. I mean, it's not like we're searching for content, but we want to bring you relevant information that's going to equip and inspire you to do better in your day-to-day businesses because that's what we're here for. And that's what the mission of what Jason and I set forth two and a half years ago.
0: Yeah, to elevate manufacturing leadership. Let's do
1: it. Let's do it. And if you can be a little less like the airlines and create a little bit nicer experience for your clients, I'm sure it's going to be a win-win for everybody. With that, bam. Bam.
0: This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away
1: from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let
0: us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. I said line the pockets of executives. You said profits, though. Okay, well, Ryan can vet that when he goes back. I know what you, you want, said. How much you want to bet? Uh $5? 20 bucks. 20 20. All right. All right, I'm, I'm 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 down I'm no. down. No, $5. Yeah. Okay. All right, $5. 5 okay. bucks. All right. So let me can I go back to the podcast? Yes.
1: Number f- <laughs> 5. Number 5.